Hello and welcome back to The Daily Royal, a podcast covering the daily events of all the European royal families. Today we are going to be talking about, um, well, the two events, maybe three, from Monday, March 29th of 2021. Well, welcome to Holy Week where it is going to be an extremely slow week because, well, all the royals are taking a vacation because most of their children are on vacation and schools and government, etc., which is fine. However, it kind of snuck up on me. I've kind of, I've done my best. We've come up with some plans. Um, I have come up with some plans. There's no we involved in this. It's me. Um... And we will hopefully get through this week pretty seamlessly. I will say there's a potential there won't be an episode um, on Friday. I don't know, but I'm thinking that's the way it's headed because honestly people are going to be done working by Wednesday. So we'll have an episode on Thursday and I'm just not sure if there will be... There will be nothing to record about on Thursday, Um, and I'm thinking as long as my timing is right, we can finish off this um, extra series of, like, the monarchies I don't talk about on on Easter Sunday, which will come out on Monday, um, and we'll include the Vatican on that day. So I will say, like, just a heads up, probably won't be an episode on Friday, but we'll see how the week plays out in general. So with that, we are going to jump, um, we're not really going to talk about Belgium because the only thing that happened today is King Philippe held an audience with the Prime Minister. This happens every week. Uh, King Philippe does have an event scheduled tomorrow that I'm actually pretty excited about. Um, so we'll talk about that tomorrow, but then that's that for Belgium this week. Um, in the UK, there was nothing public, and the court circular for um, pretty much the entire royal family is empty. Um, the Princess Royal, who is Princess Anne, she had one event, but, like, I don't talk about her. So we're moving um, We're moving on now to Denmark. Uh, there's actually some things going on in Denmark, so we'll talk about that now. Denmark there I think was an event I'm actually gonna check because when I wrote my outline nothing had been updated but I've seen one picture come across it is a really bad picture so I'm not I don't think it came from the Danish Royal House's website but let me just confirm that information if I can type that's the wrong royal house. Um, very often this happens. Uh, both the domain names for the Danish royal house and the Norwegian royal house are both Kunkuset. Um, and just the, like, ending. So, like, 
Denmark is .dk, which is Denmark's, I don't know, website name, website thing. Um, and Norway is N-O. And so, like, that's the only difference. And all the time it'll go to Norway before it goes to Denmark. No idea why. But that's what happens. Um, okay. So, the next thing on the calendar for the Danish Royal House is April 6th. However, today was the 29th. Um, yeah, okay, so this did happen, but they haven't put up a write-up on it yet. Um, but today, Crown Princess Mary participated in a um, Generation Equality Forum for Mexico's virtual opening panel on women's transformative leadership for gender equality. Um so that happened today. Uh, it looks like Mary was a speaker on the panel. Um, but that is all the information I know. Like I said, I've seen like a screenshot of the thing coming around. Um, but nothing has been officially released other than it was a thing on the agenda. So that's what's going on event-wise in Denmark. However, today it was also, also announced... Um, that Prince Christian is going to be confirmed into the Church of Denmark on May 15th of this year. So that is a Saturday. Uh, his confirmation will be at Fredensborg Castle Church. Um, and will there isn't a lot of, there aren't a lot of details about who will be in attendance yet or anything. It does say, um, the confirmation will sub subsequently be celebrated private privately with respect to the applicable restrictions. Um, but because May 20 or May 15th is still like five weeks away, um, I suspect there won't be any announcements until maybe a week before on like attendance. So Christian has a series of uh, royal godparents. Um, as well as an Australian godparent. So it's um, typically confirmations are attended by godparents. Um, you know, last year, Prince Fear Magnus from Norway was confirmed and he was only able to have his Norwegian godparents available um, because of the COVID situation. The year before or two years before, I can't quite remember, um, Princess Ingrid Alexandra went through her confirmation and she had all of her godparents there. So this will probably be like a hybrid. Um, most of Christian's godparents are Scandinavian royals. Um, so Norway and Sweden. So we'll see what happens. Um, but that'll be a potentially interesting event. It will be interesting no matter what. Um, but it'll be a potential gathering of more than just royal family. I don't know. We'll see. I'm like looking for a spark of hope of anything at this point. So that is the announcements from the Danish royal family. And now we're going to skip a whole bunch of other families because it's Holy Week. And we are going to go on to Spain now.
So we are going to finish up the rundown portion of this episode with the Spanish royal family because, well, that's just where we're at in life. Um, and today was really busy. So I mentioned this yesterday that there were four events scheduled for the Spanish royal family this week. Three of them were today. <laughs> so um, now typically I will say like in a non- COVID world, the Spanish royal family takes all of Holy Week off. Um, so typically that's a time where they will go on like a private couple of va- couple day vacation and then they celebrate Easter um, in Mallorca, which is an island um, in the Mediterranean. And they'll go to mass, like a public mass. Mm, not public, a public event for the mass. Um, so there will be like photographers and stuff outside. Um, however, this year Spain has prohibited, uh, and last year of course as well, um, travel between the autonomous communities. It's really interesting. Um, if you live in Europe, you can go to Spain. Um, you can go anywhere in Spain you want. But if you live in Spain, you can't leave the, like, region you live in. Um, It's weird. Poor Spain. They've got quite the challenge going on. Um, Okay, so let's jump into this busy day that was Spain's Monday. Um, So first, King Felipe and Queen Letizia started their day in the autonomous community of Aragon, which is kind of like northwest Spain, but not all the way northwest, um, where they visited the birthplace of Francisco Goya, Goya, um, who is a Spanish painter who is relatively famous. Uh, He is extremely famous. Um, Like, I am not, I've talked about this, I am not an art person um, in college, I attended a liberal arts university and so like we were forced to learn um take a humanities course and anytime art came up in the humanities class I just struggled because I don't I don't get it I don't like it um there is like a series that Goya did that are like really dark and um I'm terrified of them And so he also, I mean, there's also beautiful things that he's done, but like there's this one particular portrait, um, art piece that he has done that I am petrified of. I don't know why. Um, it's just really dark and like my mind doesn't like it. So there's my knowledge on Goya. Um, but I know that he is like super famous and I have seen more than just the piece that terrifies me. Um, and I like some of it. So, um, they visited the birthplace, the little house. Um, it is little. It's really funny because King Felipe is extremely tall and he didn't fit in the doorways and sometimes he didn't fit in the rooms. Uh, there was one time, like, uh, there's a video and it's hilarious because he has to like crouch into the room and then he wasn't able to stand up straight. So he like was bending his head, um, 
and then like that still wasn't really enough so he was able to find like a spot where the beams were a little higher so he could go stand up straight um and just like in the middle of like a discussion like had to walk over to another spot in the room because he needed to stand up straight um it was really funny and like I will say, like, Queen Letizia and I are the same height, and she had heels on, so she was obviously a little taller. Um, and she couldn't even, like, stand up, like, walk through the doorway. She had to bend down a little bit. And, I mean, I'm 5'7", and I think she is, too, is what the reporting on it is. But, like, it was, it's a very small house. Um, and then they also visited the exhibition uh, hall or gallery that is attached to the, the little house. Um, and then to end this visit, they presided over a meeting of the Goya Foundation, which is, all of this was in, um, relation to the 275th anniversary of Goya's birth. So it seems like the Goya Foundation is obviously going to be celebrating this in a way, um, in a, in some way throughout the rest of the year. So, that is the first thing on the agenda. I'm just realizing that I didn't write down the other two. I roughly know what they are, um, but let me just confirm. I know the rest of it was King Felipe had audiences, so basically they finished their event in Aragon, helicoptered back to Madrid, and then Felipe went right back to um, holding audiences. So, he met with the vice president of the European Commission for the promotion of the way of life. Hold on, this is still in Spanish, which is fine, but I don't want to have you listen to me. Oh my gosh, it was. Okay, uh, so vice president of the European Commission for the promotion of our European way of life. Um, so they met, and then he also held an audience with the uh, Minister for Foreign Affairs of the People's Democratic Republic of Algeria, um, who is on an official visit to Spain for something. Um, Um, and so basically the conversation was about, uh, it was basically just a bilateral in a different format. Um, so it was an audience about the bilateral relations between Spain and Algeria. And if I'm remembering correctly, Algeria is fairly close in proximity to Spain. I think Algeria is in North Africa. Yeah, so it is um, just west of Morocco, which is literally directly below Spain. Um, so they are probably a country that do have um, at least a relationship. I'm not sure if that relationship is good or bad, but they have one. Um, so those were the events for King Felipe and Queen Letizia today. Um, like I said, there's one event scheduled tomorrow, and then they will have a... Easter, Holy Week, um, vacation, they are not going anywhere. Like, Casa Real has made that very clear. 
they're abiding by the restrictions. I'm calling it a vacation because they won't be working. Um, they might do some office work on Wednesday is what the release said, but like, it's not even a release, but like the conversations with the press, um, and then Thursday and Friday through till next Monday are, um, empty. So that is what was going on in Spain. Now we are going to take a quick break and pick back up with our next five monarchies that we don't talk about ever on this podcast. So here we go. All right, welcome back. Um, I just took like a second to move the little record button and that's it. (laughs) But you guys may have heard an ad, I'm not sure. So we are starting off where we left off yesterday, which was with Cambodia. And now we are moving to Eswatini, which used to be Swaziland um, in Africa, but in 2019, Swaziland became Eswatini to um, remove their colonized name. I didn't know this happened. I honestly, when I was doing this, thought this was a country I had never heard of, which it is, but I had heard of Swaziland. So just a little fun fact, um, Swaziland no longer exists and it is now the country of Eswatini. Um, use that instead of Swaziland because colonization is crap. Coming from a country that was also colonized. However, um, has done its fair share of harm since then. So, okay, so Eswatini is an incredibly small country in the south of Africa. Um, like I said, it is formerly Swaziland, so it is comprised mostly mostly of ethnic Swazis. Um, the king, who is Maswati III, um, has absolute authority in the country, so he, I think he's able, like, he appoints everyone and is in charge of major policy decisions. Um, he currently has, because this is a thing, um, 15 wives and 23 children. And he's not allowed to claim a woman as his wife unless they have already brought him a child. I'm all for respecting cultural behaviors, but this seems weird. And I'm I'm not a diplomat. So, um, however, there have also been some pretty heinous human rights violations that he has been accused of, um, and gotten away with because he has absolute authority and so, like, can step in when the high court is about to rule against him, which is what has happened. Um, basically it is alleged because it cannot be proven in a high court because the high court won't hear it, um, that... He will sometimes kidnap women um, and make them bear him children so he can then marry them. 
Um, and it's just super twisted and I don't like it. Um, and so this is a country we will never talk about again, but I did find the, um, Swaziland to Eswatini discussion important. So there's positives and negatives. Um, but next we are moving on to... Uh, Japan. Sorry, I was doing the alphabet in my head because somehow I wrote this down wrong. Um, okay, so Japan is in Asia. We all know where Japan is, right? It's a small island. It's not really that small, but it's an island country in the Asian Pacific. Um, it is ruled by an imperial family, which is different. Um, the... Japan has an emperor. I think he's the only, I have, like I said, I haven't gone through all of these countries yet, but I think he is the only emperor anymore in the world. Um, and it's Emperor Naruhito. Um, became, so he became the emperor on May 1st of 2019 and was officially, what was the word? Enthroned? in October of 2019. It was, oh gosh. Yeah, it was the last time we saw all of these royals together. Wow. God, that was a glorious day. Um, this was right after I had like gotten back into royal watching. Um, and so I definitely watched this live, um, which was really fun. And it was like, like I said, the last time that everyone was together. Um, in terms of, like, the royal families, for sure, that I talk about, and some others, um, so that was a really fun time. Um, let's see, Naruhito is purely a symbol of unity, has no power, um, and the chrysanthemum throne was established in 660 BC, so... This may be the oldest monarchy in the world. We give other monarchies that title. Like, Denmark claims that title a lot. Um, but, like, 660 BC is hard to beat. Um, so that is thoroughly impressive. Um, yeah. Okay, so that is Japan. I love the Japanese royal family, by the way, like the imperial family. They are one that I would like to talk about more. Um, and honestly, the reason I don't is just because of, like, conserving time. And also, I don't, it's hard to judge because, like, I don't think they have as many engagements, but it does seem like maybe they do, and I just don't know about them. But also, there's a 13-hour time difference, so we would always be, like, two days behind in the Japanese royal family. Um, and also, I don't have the time to add more, which is why I only do these seven, um, and try and keep it to, like, five-minute segments each. So, that is Japan. Um, but I'm definitely happy to, like, include them every now and then in the podcast if you all are interested. Seriously, let me know. Um, next is Jordan. And 
that is in the Middle East. It is a constitutional monarchy. However, the monarch, who is currently King Abdullah II, um, has a good bit of power. So he is able to name the prime minister um, as well as some other key government players. But the way I have always seen the monarchy in Jordan is very modern um, for the Middle East. And I think Jordan as a whole is just very, um, it plays, it tries, I think, to play the peacemaker um, between all the conflicts and stuff that happen in the Middle East. So... I don't know. It's, I don't love that he... Ha I honestly had no idea that he had that much power. Um, like, I don't like the idea of monarchies like that. But um, it seems all in all he does an okay job. Um, so, yeah. Like I said, a fairly modern monarchy in the Middle East. Um, so, that brings us now to... Kuwait. Um, Kuwait is a country in the Middle East that I honestly couldn't find that much information about. Um, and I think that's because the emir is still relatively new in his position. Um, so the emir was, uh, the former emir died in September of, of last year in 2020. And then the new emir um, was not really selected, but, like, processed through. Um, technically, Kuwait is a constitutional monarchy. However, um, the royal family holds most of the government positions. So, I don't know if we really call that a constitutional monarchy, but technically it is. Um... So, the current emir is Nawaf al-Hamad al-Jaber al-Sabah. Um, and I think his crown prince is like 90 years old. Um, it's his cousin or something. Uh, he, the emirs are able to name their own crown prince and it doesn't have to be like their firstborn son. So, the current crown prince of Kuwait is like really old. He is the oldest crown prince of the, in the world. Um which is frequently held by the Prince of Wales. But anyway, um, and then we are going to end with these monarchies today with Lesotho, uh, which is a small nation in Africa um, where the monarch has no legislative or executive powers. Um, the current king is Letsi the who was declared king in 1996 and apparently this is kind of where it's like he's not technically elected but kind of um the Lesotho constitution um states that there will be a college of chiefs who can pick the king assuming there's not an appointed successor so I don't know if this means that like King Letzi can pick his successor and then the College of Chiefs have to go with that. Um, or if it's kind of understood that he won't pick a successor and they will pick it. I don't, I don't go into it that much. Um, 
But anyway, it seems like a half elected system. So that is where we're ending. Um, we will have five more tomorrow. Um, and then we'll do five more and then we'll probably have like a really strange episode that comes out on Monday. Um, that may just be me like taking a deep dive in the Vatican. I'm not really sure what this is going to look like yet. Um, we're just, we're just going. So I might look at like Easter's past and kind of talk about traditional Easter traditions in the royal families and things like that. I'm not really sure yet. Um, so yeah, this is where we are ending today's episode. I will have pictures up of the Spanish royal family event on the website, thedailyroyal.com, the Daily Royal on Instagram. Um, but really that's all that happened today. I am saving all of the pictures of the royal families that I talk about and those will probably all go up in like a special post online um, that'll happen when I'm probably done. So on Sunday night. Um, but yeah, just, I know this week is going to be weird. Uh, thanks for hanging in there. Uh, I will talk to you all tomorrow. Have a great rest of your Tuesday. Thanks so much for listening. Bye.